Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, the Crafting Leadership podcast. Uh, so I'm Mark. I'm Principal Craftsperson at Codurance, and I'm joined today by... Hi, I'm Simon. I'm the Regional Director for Codurance in Manchester, and as of yesterday, a new office in Leeds. Yeah, hi, I'm Alan. I'm Regional Director for Codurance in London. Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. So, yeah, so last time uh, we did have a discussion around uh, like the importance of the vision, mission and asking the why for like most of the projects you're working on and how important it is to create also in a collaborative way with the team members and also with uh, your stakeholders, ideally as well. Uh, so today uh, we'll go a bit further. So we assume we already have the vision. We know what the mission is. Um, and how do we keep communicating that vision and mission to both our team members and our stakeholders, and also assuming that some of that original vision may be changing through time as well. So how do we manage that? Uh, but before we go into that subject, just uh, let's start with a, a small icebreaker, shall we? So like, from your experience, like how many projects do you think and can you recall actually had that kind of vision, you know, and a leader that's, you know, was driving this throughout the project. Or maybe there are also situations where you don't really need that. So I just want to put that on the table. What do you guys think? I feel like it's the exception in my experience that it's been articulated, you know, clearly and, you know, it's it stuck with people. It's been well understood. So I can think of a few instances where that's been done and done well, but I've got to be honest, I think in the majority of cases, so they're not been done or, or hasn't been done effectively, which I know we'll talk about a, a bit more. So, yeah, not not too many from my experience, Mark. Yeah, Alan, for you. I think it's hard to hard to judge a lot of the time from from my position because I'm I've been for a little while now in sort of leadership positions on these projects. So I've always been pretty clear about the vision, and you think you've told people, and <laughs> um, whether you have or not is um, is something else. But um, now I think I think most of the time there's. Most of the time, especially in my recent career, there's been a pretty um, a pretty good vision associated with the project. But um, again, it's it's hard to know whether that was ever used in a useful way um, as part of the project, and whether that was communicated effectively and the team bought into it. That's a good point, actually. So I, I guess I was didn't make that distinction, but I think it's, a, it's an important one, isn't it? Was there a vision? I think yeah, and with Ireland, in most instances, yes. Otherwise. You probably wouldn't have got funding and that sort of stuff for a new project or initiative but how well it was then communicated and um, digested you know is perhaps another point isn't it but yeah i think i think an important distinction in most instances yes a vision but how well communicated yeah i think a lot of projects you, you start with you start with the, the good vision and the good intentions and everyone's on board and then Sort of life gets in the way a little bit and it's easy to it's easy to get driven then by by um, purely by the, the usual metrics of deadlines and, and sort of budgets and things like this on projects and you can kind of you can forget it but it, it's an incredibly useful fallback for decision making when things do get um, pinched you know so are, are we making a decision for the right reason and that's when it, it should start to come up again and at least from a leadership point of view it should be at the forefront of your thinking Okay, so um, it seems that um, it may be the case that at some point it may, as you mentioned, Alan, I guess, like fizzle out in some way, right? So I guess it's a natural, maybe you can go into that, communicating that vision continuously, right? So 
Um, let's maybe start with communicating to your team members, right? So uh, communicating down the chain of commands, um, as you might call it. Um, so how would you do it, or from your experience, what was your approach to communicating that vision? Let's let's start with you know it's it's set up and it's like the early stages and this early communication like where do we go from here some one-on-ones or like uh, general discussions and um how, what was your approach let's say yeah so i'd normally start with a project kickoff so there'd be some basic uh, elements of the project you'd want to describe to the group that would be working on it and one of them certainly would be the vision alongside you know proposed timeline and work done to date and stakeholders and all the other things you might want to get across so a, a project kickoff, whether that utilizes something as uh, sort of on the nose as a PowerPoint deck or, or whether it's just a discussion, depending on the size of the work and complexity of what's going on. But I'd start, I'd start with that always. And if the team was particularly big and the problem space particularly complicated, I'd probably start with the, um, the, the team leads and the senior people in the group to keep it small and take the first round of questions and make sure the messaging was clear. And then um, I move on to trying to either get them to communicate that um, to the rest of the group or to take a, a refined message down to the rest of the people um, after that as well. So, yeah, that sort of project kickoff would be the initial way. So would you, Alan, uh, for example, uh, announce it to like get all the team leads and announce it like in a, in a session, let's say. But I guess uh, would you continue the conversation in your one on ones as well? I guess not in terms of communicating because that's already happened, but I guess aligning possibly. Yeah, it, it sort of becomes the, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, what, why you're doing something, it becomes the anchor that you sort of go back to when, um, when questions are asked or decisions are made. If you're, if you're trying to say why you're making a decision, it's a good reason to, a, a good thing to do is to go back to the, the vision and, and help to support your decision using those um, kind of things and also encourage people to think about it when making their own decisions. So there's lots of different ways that could come up. It could be just an ad hoc conversation. It could be in a one-to-one. -one. It could be in a planning meeting around, um, you know, just a meeting or something. There's so many times when things come up where people could go left, they could go right. And it's useful to just restate why we're here, what we're doing, and then um, make sure that's factored into the decisions people are making and your own decisions as well. So it should sort of permeate everything um, when, you're, uh, when you're running the project. Something Alan's just said though, has just you know, sparked another thought there. So I you know, agree on that point. I think having a kickoff, getting the team together, certainly initially rather than doing one-to-one -one type briefings. But I, I remember some actual, you know, actually quite useful instances where perhaps the team working on a project would work in the same space maybe even the same room and I you know do remember the project vision or some kind of mission statement being on the wall and it was really useful at times particularly if you're going through some sticky points during the project or perhaps you felt you were deviating from what you originally set out to do to actually physically point back at, to the mission statement or remember why we're doing this or should we just think about the reason why we're delivering this project and you know almost checking yourself and that now feels like something that's um, less straightforward to do perhaps in the kind of hybrid virtual world we're in now where the people aren't in the office or in a physical space quite so often, you know, able to point to a, you know, a diagram or a statement. So, yeah, I don't know whether there's any 
other techniques for replacing that physical reminder in a in a virtual and and hybrid world. There probably is. Yeah, the first, I remember the first project I was involved in that was done from inception right through to delivery fully remote. And this was when because we did the we were scheduled to do the inception. I think it was like in early April, and then we got locked down in mid late March, wasn't it? Twenty twenty something like that. And um, so we we were going to do the inception on on site, and then that got changed to remote. So the whole project started from there. And one of the things that stands out about that project for me was it was around um, child educational psychology and a platform that supported the processes that the council ran around that. And uh, the people that that we spoke to at the council who were um, you know instigating the project and, and and running it were just incredibly passionate about. Um, about the process, how it helped kids avoid um, suspension and exclusion at school, how it supported their educational needs, right from you know very young, like six, seven years old, you know this kind of thing. Very, very passionate about it. So we were, I'd say, I'd like to intentionally say that I leveraged that through through the project, but it just kind of happened that because they were very involved and very passionate and not particularly technical, the vision that they had for why the platform needed to exist and the good it did in the world. And there isn't very, it's not very often you could say a piece of software does genuine good in the world, but this one had the potential. That by keeping them close to the project and by having them speak to the team a lot through the natural sort of processes you have in Scrum, they were constantly a reminder of why people were, why we were doing the project and something much more useful than because we're making money as a consultancy or because we're doing some cool things with tech. You know, there was, there was a genuine, um, a genuine vision there. So keeping them involved and close to it meant that the, the team were constantly bought into the vision. So that helped in a remote, in a remote situation, having, you know, passionate stakeholders and keeping the, um, and keeping those um, scrum ceremonies going on a regular basis and keeping them close to them. Um, that was really useful. So they were our little, poster on the wall in some ways every time they popped up on a call you knew why that you know you knew what they're what they were doing before they got there and what they were going to do afterwards and that was quite um inspirational that's interesting yeah it's almost replacing that is that anchor isn't it throughout the yeah delivery yeah. phases to remind you of why you're doing it even if you're not physically able to point to something and yeah. collectively see a statement or a vision on you a wall the yeah of, interesting you could see the way it motivated people um because the, you know, the easiest project you ever have to manage, right? Um, because they, the, the, the people put the extra time in. They care that little bit more than they would if it was some um, you know, vanilla IT project. Yeah, I had, I had very something similar when I was uh, leading a team that we were creating an online registration portal for a kids' hospital, right? So there's like young mothers, they will need to travel. And it's a, like a very specialist hospital. So that's like from a throughout the country people travel there for like some special treatment and before that they need to they had to call or even go there because they couldn't get on the call and that was like uh you do, didn't need like a vision yourself it just was there right it's just everyone knew what why we are doing this um yeah i remember those um um days like in the office let's say where also if there was a vision right so for the project it's there always everyone passes by and then tens of times a day and they even put stickies in there some ideas so um yeah it's it's it seems to me for me it's it's not as easy in the remote time as well but we have some like um options like for example i use the myro boards and whatever i can there's a team meeting i try to bring it up at least right so 
not sure what you are using. No, your your Miro boards are uh well beyond my Miro powers. So <laughs> we don't use them as effectively as that. I'm uh, yeah, I mean I think my I lean on tools a lot less than than I think you might do. Um I talk to people, you know, you know I mean I like I like to talk. So uh I, I tend to use more of the one to ones and the meetings and try and try and just make sure my uh, the way I talk about the project um reminds people of the of the overall purpose overarching purpose as regularly as possible. Um so yeah, let less Miro board more chat in, in my situation. Cool. Awesome. So maybe we can go uh to the next uh point today. So um um we did the communication right so we had our one-on-ones uh, throughout some period of time and also collectively we we're discussing the vision but um i guess what would be the cues after some point i guess to for you as a lead to know that you effectively communicated that vision to your team members like what would be the cues what you would be looking for or what would indicate that wasn't really successful and you need to do a bit more work in that regard i think you always need to do a bit more work i think that's one thing to say i don't think you've ever sort of successfully communicated it and then you stop it's it's something i've learned that you know the the power of the state is quoted the power to people just to revert to their natural way of thinking about problems is is huge so you have to constantly bang on about the um about the vision and about the, the behavior you want to see as a result of it it's, it's a constant process i mean how how i would know if they were doing it is i would just see them i would see them utilizing it in their their day-to-day decision making so you would maybe see people putting it on on demo decks as reasoning for um for the features being selected or just even as a as some context at the start of, as a start of a demonstration presentation maybe or even you know a, a conversation during uh, planning or an architecture review or something like that, where the, the vision is mentioned as a, um, a as a sort of a, like I say as an anchor for for the decisions being taken. So you just want to see them um, demonstrating behaviours which which reflect the value of it. That one's good. So yeah, and just just building on that, I think what I what I'd look for is yeah, just some. Um, indication that, that the vision has been understood expresses hopefully some enthusiasm for it and so people you know bringing people are motivated and people are bringing that sense of purpose to to what they're doing because they understand you both describe really well you know a couple of projects that had a you know societal value so that that's great I guess not everything does of course so you know, is the team able to demonstrate that you know they get it and that there is a purpose for for what they're doing? And I think the other way of being able to gauge that the vision has been understood is: do you then hear other people without you saying it, kind of repeat the vision, perhaps to other people, almost cascading it down or socialising it to other people? That's that's brilliant, particularly if it's not only the vision, but perhaps. Vision Plus, so people have added something to it. That that I think is a is a great sign. Yeah, like from my perspective, um, I remember like uh, one of the projects I set up a, a channel specifically to discuss strategy for this particular project. 
And uh, I saw the moment where it actually kicked in at some point where there wasn't much traction in there. And at some point, the discussions, there were more and more discussion, more and more, you know, thoughts being in there. Not only, um, I guess, uh, asking questions around the existing vision, but how to extend it. And that's what I was looking for as a lead, for example, like what is still missing there, how it can be extended and what we should take under consideration going forward which we didn't consider at the beginning, right? Um, so that was an interesting thing, I guess, in the remote world to um, have this kind of a strategy channel. If your project is long enough, I guess, if it's two, three months, it might be tricky, I guess, to get proper traction, I guess. But if it's like a proper modernization, greenfield project, you know, uh, six months plus, then that's definitely something I would repeat, let's say, personally. Yeah, I think you're looking to create advocates, aren't you? Especially in a larger project team, you can't be everywhere. So you're looking to to create um, advocates within the team. And I think the, the more interesting one is when, if you get challenged with it back at you, you know, so you're, you're, you're discussing a certain path through a project or a solution to a problem and someone chucks that <laughs> sort of core reasoning for being there back at you, I think, you know, you've, you've started to succeed at least in, in mm -hmm. that regard. Um, it's easy to get driven yourself off in a different direction. Um, yeah, you're always looking to create leaders and create people who um, support the vision as well. Yeah, and actually that might be interesting because um, I don't know, maybe at some point it will be a you know it will be lengthy project, but you maybe uh, let's say move to a different project and you need to think about your let's call it a succession plan. Uh, plan, I guess, right? So who would be uh, leading this thing after you right so obviously you can wait till the end and it's like okay here it is whoever wants to take it thank you very much i'm off right so that wouldn't be i guess the best and professional thing to do right probably you would like to see and um spot these members who are like more active in terms of those discussion mission um, meetings and and um um and uh yeah i guess curate that in some way and prepare them that maybe they'll be the best ones leading that up to yourself as well. Um, yeah, I, I was always told that the sort of the more senior you get and the more people you manage, the longer you should be able to go on holiday, right? It's just the theory, right? <laughs> it barely works. Like if you if you're you're good at managing, you should be able to create systems and processes and people around you that allow you to leave your job and come back and it should all still be running for for a for a decent amount of time. Right. And I think the vision, um, the why of what you're doing becomes a, a really key part of of what happens while you're not there. So if you go away for three months, do you come back to some horrible autocratic um, sort of bullying culture <laughs> or something like this? Or do you come back to a completely different picture than you left? Or do you come back to something that that represents the the, the, the vision and the mission that you've instilled in into the, the people around you? Um, so it becomes again it becomes useful for that as well so that you don't have to be um involved in everything all the time to push the direction of the work being done you, you should be able to set these sort of guidelines and, and boundaries represented by the vision and let it run so it's a really useful tool as a manager in not having to be involved in everything if you can if you can use it effectively And uh, one interesting thing also for my experience, uh, so at, at one instance, for example, when um, I was brought in to take over leadership, it's like I was uh, having those initial discussions with the existing team members and 
the main thing was asking about the technical things, about the technical stack, and so on. But the main thing was they were always mentioning most important thing for them was that the existing or previous leadership was they just didn't get what they were expecting from them. It wasn't clear enough. It wasn't someone they could follow. It's going back, I guess, to our initial question, right? So, um, like, does every project need that? I think I think that's true, right? That was the initial conversation. That's what my experience leads were when I took over that project. This is what they were striving for. It's like they knew they will figure out they're going to figure out the technical stuff, but like the having the proper leadership and you know with mission and vision and that everyone can believe in and align towards that was the most important thing they were striving for. I've seen it go bad as well. So I've seen um I worked on a project where they were trying to they were trying to improve the operational efficiency of a data entry process. So they were getting lots of company financial data into into the organization and people were keying it in because I don't know how much you know about company sort of the way company financials are published, the format of them is pretty inconsistent. They're not, you know, they have different levels of data depending on industry and not all sorts of stuff. They're not standardized. So people were keying this in. And a vendor came into the, the organization and pitched the idea of natural language processing to, to deal with um, these kind of things. Now, the tool was sold, but the reality of the tool was something else. But the the, the mission and vision of the project should have been to save X amount of hours or deliver an improve in processing time or something like this, or to better serve our customers with more timely data, something in this kind of region. But the, the mission of the project very quickly became use NLP to do a thing. And this, this is very, this was very, very toxic because when it, when it became clear to almost everybody involved, that the tool was never going to cut it. All the solution was to make tons of compromises in order to still include the tool in the solution, but still solve the problem. And there were many other ways coming out of the team that the problem could have been solved, but maybe not as well as the NLP was supposed to do it, it was all, but better than it was going to do it in, in reality. But the mission got lost and everyone was just driving towards how can we make this thing work? How can we put other structures around it, other bits of software around it to make it most effective? and um, I think that was the one that jumped out to me where the mission got warped from what it should have done to, to being a technical direction. And, and it, 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 you know, it was damaging, I think, to the success of the project. What did you do at that point, Alan? Was there any attempt to, you know, like regroup and revisit that original yeah, it, purpose? So I guess I kind of, I can, I, I'm going to look kind of slopey shouldered in this, in this case, but it was, I was a part of a program. And the um, the decisions on these things were taken above my pay grade at that point. Um, but so yeah, we were we were trying to communicate alternatives to the solution, but I wasn't able to um, affect it in in any particular way. So we just did the best job we we did the best job we could. But it was a really good thing to observe from my point of view, um, you know, with regards to how projects can get driven by technology as opposed to being driven by the actual um, vision, outcome, mission, however you want to put it. Um, that they should be driven by. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to admit to one where I was responsible for it. That's for sure. Of course not. No. No. But it, it, I think it's quite a quite a bold thing to do, isn't it, really, to to actually almost almost kind of halt halt the yeah, project it, and say, you know, we need to we need to regroup here. We need to revisit why we're doing this. I think it's, it's the sort of thing that's easy to say in, in this kind of conversation, is it? but actually yeah. to enact that, 
I think takes some, you know, um, you know, some strong leadership, you know, and you need. Um... You can you can see that by the time we got involved, it was probably too late. So mm-hmm. by the time the vendor had been signed up and the decision had been made, there was lots of people's reputations maybe involved in in what came next. So, you know, the the point once they accepted the tool was capable of achieving what they wanted to achieve, it became very difficult to to backtrack on that. So sure. They they you know if there was an opportunity it would have been to assess the tool in some kind of more thorough way against the outcomes. Um, but yeah, like you say, easy to say, which is why I only hold it up as a good lesson for me for, that it's been a good lesson for me to to watch out for certain signs um, with yeah. regards to technology driving projects in the future. Interesting. So I think that leads us nicely to uh, the second part of our discussion, which is communicating the vision up the chain of command. So what you mentioned, Alan, is a bit you know, at some point in the project, some things turn out not to be the best decisions. But let's maybe start from the beginning. So communicating that vision, like at the early stages of the project, let's say. So, and why is that, or is it actually that as important as communicated to your team members as well? I think it is important. I mean, I don't know if it's more important or I'd just say equally important, I think, to, to do that. I think communication at all levels is is you know is key here i think probably a few reasons from my perspective you want to just check that that vision is coherent it's well understood and supported by let's say you know execs or your your kind of senior leadership team does that vision align with the overall organization kind of vision and, and strategy because that would be the worst thing to do to be going off in a certain direction you know, it's a well-articulated vision, but if it's taking a product, say, or a service, or even an organisation in a which is contrary to the rest of the organisation, obviously that's a that's a poor thing to do. So I think alignment, I guess, is what I'm saying. Magic is is important here, and also I, I think the other probably the other key reason is, from my perspective, I'm sure there's others here. You know, to get to get buy-in and, and support straight away, because as we all know, projects, programs, they're not straight lines. They're not, you know, they're not always easy to execute. So at some stage, you're probably going to need some some support, whether that's a bit of air cover if things are going wrong, um, somebody actually stepping in and then providing some support and guidance or leadership. Maybe it's extra resource or, or time, whatever it may may be. There might be some changes to. The way you deliver a project that uh, that require some buy-in, you know, outside the team domain, from let's say an, an exec team. So if you've skipped that stage, it's then a difficult conversation then to start talking to people about. Could you, could you kind of, could we have a conversation about this, or do you think you could lend some support? I mean, for what people might think, well, you've you you didn't involve me initially, so it's difficult for me to now understand where you are in that journey. So. I think, yeah, it, it, it's hugely important, just as important as, as communicating kind of side and, and and downwards, I would say. Yeah, so from um, uh, what I would add to that definitely is um, from my experience, it's like, let's say one meeting is not enough, right? So I had a situation where we had an initial meeting with the, you know, the stakeholder. There was some kind of a, what uh, she expects uh, from us on like an overarching level, let's say. Okay. And so I went back to the team, we came up with our own like ways of working and what we want to achieve on the like high level. And it was quite a lengthy process. So I went for a couple of weeks, 
And then without consulting, went straight to the first demo. And then when it all kind of fell apart, that's it's not what she had in mind. It's it's good, but probably we need to work a bit. So there wasn't any problem with that. We had conversations after that, but it was that that bit awkward situation that I should have had more meetings with her along the way as I was discussing this with the team as well. So that's a lesson from from my experience that that one meeting and it seems that after one meeting everything is clear it's not um as much as as you feel it like it, it's just not yeah, it's a it's an interesting one this because there's a, in a in a consultancy there's a number of different ways you sort of interact with this idea of of um managing up the chain or, or putting the value uh communicating the value up the chain because Say as a, a project manager on a consultancy, you've got two audiences that are interested. There's the there's the senior stakeholders within the client, and then there's um, your management within the uh, within the consultancy itself. So, and you have to deal with both of them in different ways. So, the the, the part of the mission and vision that the the client's going to be interested in is, you know, are you are you on board with why the business are doing things, and are you delivering? Um, effectively, do your people know their know their stuff, and do they understand our technology domain and, and these kind of things? And you you have to you have to make sure that you communicate your approach to those problems effectively to that person, so they have confidence in you and um, believe that your services are, are are of value, right? So you have to do that to them. But then outside of outside of that, into um, in our case, cojurens, the the management can be much more interested in the health of the the engagement and the potential for doing more work with that company and then how well the team are, how, how the team are feeling about working on the engagement as well. So you need to be able to communicate your approach or vision, mission, whatever it is to those things, to that audience in a way that gets their support for what you're doing as well. So you've got, um, and then, you know, we've already covered doing the same for the team in, in both regards. So I think you've got two different, two different things that you need to, um, audiences certainly in broadest sense that you need to think about um as a as a consultant in, in this environment i think you then also have you know within within any company you have um that sort of any internal initiatives you might be working on where your manager is a more direct stakeholder um and and again you then treat them a little more like a client in in, in that regard so um how you how you choose to do this and approach it depends on which situation you're in um but the, the, the whole benefit of getting their confidence and, and getting their buy-in is so as simon was saying a minute ago is going to win when things go wrong let's say politely um that you've got that support and that you don't it's not instant sort of um critique and uh and maybe a worse sort of micromanagement over your approach you, you get a bit of backup into into why you're um, why you're doing things and the change that you're trying to make um but yeah how, how you do it exactly i think is is very personal like i've i've done it quite effectively with clients through through meeting them you know just meeting them regularly talking to them regularly asking them asking them what what, what do you want from this because it might not always be obvious you know sometimes sometimes people want you know the same thing that the person who initiated the project wants, but sometimes they don't sometimes they've got baggage they're carrying around and you need to adapt your uh, message around the vision or the elements of the vision you're communicating to their personal um, circumstances. Um, so yeah, it's it's a you know how you do it. I think is dependent on who you're dealing with, the situation that you're that, 
that you're in, but you should spend a lot of time doing it. <laughs> you know, it's more than you more than you think. Um, you, you know, it comes into stakeholder management, doesn't it? All of this in in kind of project management terms, and it should be a a, a large amount of your time um, doing that kind of thing. I think. I think that's a really important point, and an experience that I've just had here here at Coagerence with one of our client engagements. So we delivered a, a a piece of work which was essentially a discovery phase for several weeks, and the first, you know, the first part of that discovery was very much around understanding, documenting, clarifying, you know, the the vision for for, for that for that project. And initially, there was a little bit of push by, oh, do we need to spend quite that amount of time going through this? You know, we know what it is. We've been through this already. Should we just kind of get on with it almost from, from certain quarters? And actually, there were a couple of things that came out. One, it was really worthwhile because we got to a point of really understanding that that vision and everybody did get it in, in quotes through having an opportunity to listen to different, different perspectives on it and listen to effectively the, the sponsor articulate that themselves. But also in doing so, there were some really good workshops which just built you know, a good sense of team early on. And so before the, the work moved into, let's say the delivery phase, you know, the team dynamics were, were good. And so it proved beneficial from, from that perspective as well. So it's almost like a, you know, a side benefit of, of going through that. That kind of stakeholder piece that Alan alluded to there, I think, is can be something that comes out of the the kind of the visioning and communicating phase. And if you skip it, then perhaps you you're also skipping a bit of the team building side of of, of getting the project up and running. Yeah, first thing that, that that people will generally get advised to get is consensus, not necessarily agreement. You, you want everybody with a, a common understanding of the, the problem space and what we're trying to achieve. They don't necessarily all have to like it or have to agree with it, True. but they do have to know, the, they all have to know the same thing. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what you go for. What, the process you described there, Simon, would have done exactly that, right? Getting everybody around talking, hearing each other's perspectives. They would have at least understood a, a common message by the end. And that's that's kind of what's important, I think. Yeah, so I mean, and not to, to sorry, I know we, but not to neglect the um the idea of just making uh the the people above you look good as well as a as a as a reason to do all of these things, you know. So um, if they're able to effectively communicate what you're doing and you don't somehow contradict them to to somebody else, then it makes them them look like they're in control of what's going on around them and they're they're in the know, and that's that's a very useful thing if you ever need support as well. Um, it's like you want to make this to be their idea they're then thinking it was their idea from the beginning which is a bit yeah uh, interesting tactic right but uh, I guess that's uh, yeah at least at the very least buy-in right at the very you know there's occasions with certain personality types where it's really useful to have them think it you know people think that all the ideas are theirs but not everybody needs that I don't think um but to have them have them bought into it and understanding it and have had them had their chance to question, inquire, and um, you know, maybe steer things slightly um is 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 very useful, especially further down the line. 
So let me just, uh, last question before we wrap up. So in terms of the alignments, uh, obviously, so um, like, for example, in your, in your positions, like how much would you expect um, when this kind of discussion happens to know about the realities of how it is there, you know, on the, on the ground, basically. So how are the realities and how, you know, what you think might be the best, you know, might be hindered a bit by, you know, how the realities work for the team and there are some, you know, roadblocks and typical problems so that how that is important for yourselves to understand before that final decision of the vision mission will be made. Um, so that's not, let's say, too detached of the realities of the... So is the vision realistic? Is that what you mean? Is it useful to know? I guess this is what I'm going, yeah. I think... It... It's useful to an extent, but there's nothing wrong with having something which is aspirational. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a big idea of, you know, like let's go back to the um, child psychology thing. We're going to stop every kid in the country being excluded from school. I mean, why not set that as as the the vision, but maybe not set it as the success criteria for <laughs> for the project? You know, the the thing that hangs your bonus on or something like that. Probably not quite so useful. And it's certainly not useful to go around bashing the team because they haven't saved 15 children from exclusion this week. But I do think, you know, like lofty ambitions and, and visions for for success are, are great. I think they really help people um, feel they're part of something. Um, but you're, again, sort of communicating up. You need to make sure that that, that is understood to be a, a lofty ambition and not exactly literally what we're going to do. Awesome. Okay, so uh, just to wrap up, maybe just final uh, couple of words, um, just to summarize our conversation day. What you took out the most? What you think is the the hallmark of today's conversation? I think it's it just sort of emphasizes the importance of it. I think there's no doubt that that having a having a solid vision and communicating it effectively is incredibly important to the success of a project, even if the project may even seem a bit kind of you know, um, uh, uninteresting. It's it's certainly a way of injecting something into that and showing that there is a bigger purpose to doing things. Um, I think the other thing is how how much time and attention you have to pay to doing this stuff. You've highlighted through this conversation, Mac, about you know that we need to go up, we need to go down, we need to go left, right. We've got different stakeholder groups, not even just literally straight above us and straight below, if you like. Um, that they're all over the place and and the and the vision needs to go to all of them in a relevant and specific way so we have our work cut out in doing this and now hear, hearing other people talk as well shows me that if we you know there's plenty of examples if you don't do it very well what can happen um, and none of them are really very good so it's probably worth spending some time on them yeah and i think a couple of things for me matching in terms of takeaways i think the you know, we had an interesting discussion around vision and how that's communicated and articulated. Now we're in a perhaps a different way of working. We're in a more hybrid virtual world. I, I, I kind of think, you know, my, my sense here is that it's even more important that you invest time in, in, in doing that communication both ways, you know, sharing the vision and then listening to people's feedback and then refining it, but also the importance of, of it not being a one-off exercise. Certainly, I go back to more kind of print type structured delivery that'd be an initiation phase. Well, I think we've thankfully moved away from that now. So it's much more of a ongoing conversation, a reminder of the vision, which you'll get through, as Alan said, some of the more standard agile ceremonies and through different roles like product owners. 
there's an opportunity now to be constantly linking the work of the team back to back to the project vision. And I think those those tools and techniques are, are really important. And you know, we should, you know, continue to embrace them. So um, from my side, um, if I can put one thing as a more like a tech lead, let's say, uh, is that having that mission and vision in place enables the team from what I saw to be more innovative, right? So instead of just looking at a set of backlog items and just doing them one by one, they know what the overarching goal of this thing is here. And they see those that we should innovate to reach that goal beyond the existing backlog. This is what I saw. And I always love that because that's what I respect from my team and having that mission vision spurs that innovation seeking within the team. So I guess that would be my um, closing notes on the mission and vision. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for coming today, Simon, Alan, uh, everyone joining us today, uh, whether on YouTube or in a, uh, you're hearing this through your headphones only. Um, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, Magic. Cheers, Alan. Yeah, cheers, Alan, mate.